Welcome to season 10 of Digital Learning Radio. I'm Catherine and I'm joined by my co-host, Laura. Hey. And this season of the podcast, we're sharing what is inspiring us on our ongoing story of learning. So far this season, we've each had an opportunity to share individually, but this week we're trying something a bit different and we're sharing something that's inspiring both of us to learn. And I cannot wait for this conversation with you. Today, we'll be discussing Priya Parker's Gathering Makeover, which is a deeper dive in post-pandemic reflection on her book, The Art of Gathering. But before we get into the discussion, let's do a check-in. Going back to last season and our episode on SEL with Chris Garcia, we used a tool from Glenn Singleton called the Courageous Conversations Compass to check in with our current state of being. There are four sections of the compass, beliefs, feeling, thinking, and action. So Catherine, where are you on the compass today? I think I am mostly in the acting Mm. quadrant and I have been checking off things on the list and planning forward. And I feel very energized and active today. Like I am getting things done. So I I am taking action on things. What about you, Laura? Okay. Well, hopefully I can kind of steal that vibe from you. I think I might align more in the thinking quadrant, um, but maybe thinking close to action. So I'm seeing lots of connections. I've got a lot going on. So there's some kind of to-do list things going on, but I'm thinking about making connections, maybe to move into that acting. So maybe I'll be inspired by your action uh, and move on over to that section. I'm going to say I was on the x-axis there too. Oh, okay, thinking nice. in action. So we're we're in the same headspace today. Love it. Uh, <laughs> thank you, also former math teacher, for yes. the access language. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks for the check-in, and let's talk about our time together today. In our final episode of last season, we discussed some of the ideas from the book, The Art of Gathering. But at the end of the summer, as people were starting to return to gatherings, sort of. Uh, Priya hosted four webinars where she invited guests in to have a live learning and coaching call. She referred to four reflection questions throughout her webinar series, and that's what we're going to dig into today. We'll use Priya's questions as a way to structure our own reflections, transform thinking, and related inspirations for learning. Before we dive into the questions, we'll do about a 60-second recap of the four episodes Priya hosted for her gathering makeovers. So Catherine, you want to give us that recap? Okay, here we go. In the first gathering makeover, a bride, Lisa Torres, was planning her wedding and she sent out a checklist of her expectations and that went pretty viral. Lisa said she did this to prevent loss of friendships and because there was often a lot of confusion and disputes with cost and time commitments. In the second gathering, it was with a team of school administrators and people were returning to a campus for the first time in one and a half years and the campus was under instruction and quite a few of the faculty members were brand new so they were trying to incorporate all of that gathering three was with Robert who was a New York City dancer and choreographer and he was working on a camp for high school performers who wanted to go on to Broadway session four was with Aziz who is the Kickstarter CEO and he was going to reinvent whoops (laughs) 
how he wanted to experiment with a four day work week. So mm. lots of opportunities for different conversations, but I will add in my over the time limit that I'll allow it. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> that Priya is such an excellent facilitator. Mm -hmm. And in each of those webinars, she kept returning and well, pausing and saying, okay, let's look at this for whatever lens you're coming to this session with. And then she would pull apart the most important pieces from each of these gathering makeovers and then say how this could relate to schools or places of worship or communities. And it, it was so worth the time to watch. And if you don't get enough out of this episode, I highly recommend those four webinars. <laughs> Agree. Uh, and great recap of them. It's uh, reminding me of when I got to participate and watch them. And uh, yeah, they were really inspirational. Okay, let's jump into those four reflection questions. And we'll look at them one at a time, and then just have a little discussion about each. Let's do it. Okay, so the first question comes under the title, looking back at the before times, a phrase that I love and have heard myself say several times. And so her question specifically is during the past 12 to 16 months, what did you miss and long for that you couldn't do with others? I'm thinking personally first, mm -hmm. and I love having dinner parties with this group of teacher friends. I missed those so much. So that was personally just gathering with friends, whether yeah. coffee shops or restaurants and just being around people that we don't get to see all the time. So that's personally, what about you, Laura? For sure. So I was thinking more about work life. And the thing that I think I missed the most was that organic collaboration and conversation that happens when you're in the same space, kind of those off the cuff comments, or when you're walking back to your desk and you see something cool on a colleague's screen, or you see that they're working on something and kind of having those organic learning opportunities or just conversations that don't really happen, you know, when you're muted on a Zoom call. Uh, additionally, that thing that is just sort of like a nonverbal vibe that is the tone of the room. And as a facilitator, I feel like sometimes you can work to set that tone that I feel like doesn't really transfer as well in a virtual medium. It's kind of, you know, like work the room, but also read the room. Uh, I miss that sometimes in the virtual world. Oh, I totally agree. And I know that organic conversation hallway meetups, I think mm -hmm. that's what I've heard most often in people's longing for what was before the pandemic. Okay. So question two, what activities are ways of spending time with other people? Did you not miss <laughs> what might you want to discard for good? Okay, so I love this question and I have a long list of things <laughs> I would love to discard. Uh, but seriously, I think they all kind of go under one umbrella for me, which is really kind of this idea of default thinking. So something that I really loved about the pandemic times that I did not miss about the before times is really we just had this default thinking for so many things without even realizing it's something we could consider. And so thinking about 
really all go back to time and place for us as professional development designers and facilitators. It's kind of this default thinking of sessions or days are six hours long. And so designing meetings or attending meetings that are just default six hours, that went out the window for our pandemic times. And if you were on a Zoom for six hours, I am sorry for you, but <laughs> we rethought that. And so that's something that I didn't miss is these six hour long default thinking. The other piece is really the default of place. You know, we have a beautiful building that is great for facilitating professional development, but that was just kind of the default place that we would hold our trainings or hold our internal meetings. And that also, of course, had to go out the window. And I I like now that there's this option that maybe that isn't the default medium. And and we think about that idea of, okay, should it be virtual? Should it be in person? And we have more options maybe than we did previously. I second both of those points that you made. Uh, I will also add along with the meetings and presentations, I did not miss commuting, especially Mm -hmm. in the summer, because when we were sometimes at campuses in the middle of the summer that were not close to our house and the participants, I know they were happy not to have to commute to region 10 in in that traffic. So that's my only add there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move into the third question, and I really want to dig into this one. So reflecting on pandemic era inventions, what did we learn, create, or try anew during the pandemic that we want to bring with us? The first thing I want to recognize is there was an amazing amount of creativity with our session types. Yes. And we went from, like you said, the default six hour sessions to synchronous, asynchronous, online facilitated, online independent learning, short webinars. Now we're working on micro courses book studies online, book studies facilitated, you name it. We had a platform, we had a style, we had anything to meet your needs with developing learning opportunities for our teachers. Yes. So I also love that and want to continue bringing that with us for the future. To add to that though, I'm thinking about the hyper intentionality that came with pandemic era professional development, learning and training, thinking specifically at that wild, wild emergency remote teaching time in March of 2020, there was no extra brain power. Like remember our (laughs) podcast a couple of seasons back, like there's no brain power or time for anything that didn't deeply matter. And I really want to strive to keep that as an integral part of my work and my thinking when I'm designing designing training. We really had to strip to the bare bones of, okay, if I've got 45 minutes for a webinar, how can I make this the most well-designed, connected, intentional learning experience? And how can I bring that to our current times? It's something that's really on my mind right now. Well, my favorite question has been, what is the best use of our synchronous time? And that is something that because we changed from our default time, Mm -hmm. that had to be the forefront of our mind. So yes, to intentionality. 
But I'll also say taking some of those thinkings of intentionality and making it work when we do have a six hour session or we do have facilitated PD or training time that is a longer time format. I know that we have a myriad of options now. And so one practice that I think I learned from you and I think stems maybe from Priya Parker's work is this idea of really focusing on the purpose of our gathering. And we have used this idea of having an eye having this focused ing to guide everything that's happening in our training and using that as a way to sift and sort through what we're doing in that time together to make sure it aligns to those ing objectives so if reflecting is one of our ings and we have an activity that doesn't really align to reflecting or the other ones going ahead and getting rid of that so we stick with that intentional purpose of the gathering and that was i think new learning or really honed learning for me during the pandemic that i i am intentional about keeping up with. I used that strategy, I guess, when I first started reading about Priya's work and identifying that purpose. And what was the excitement for me is because I had developed those INGs in face-to-face trainings, they worked beautifully with the remote world as well. And Mm -hmm. I could see how it could help streamline things. And like you said, cut out the information that was a little bit of fluff, or if it didn't Mm -hmm. align perfectly to those learner outcomes, then that's what we got rid of. So something else that I'm thinking about is this idea of embedding choice and bringing that with us to our current realities as well. And I know we've talked a lot about choice on the podcast, but uh, I, I just had this thing click in my mind that made sense in an asynchronous session where, you know, okay, if we're getting some new information and people are working through this on their own, they have the opportunity to read something, watch something, listen to a piece of a podcast or collect information in another way. And it made sense in a virtual format, but why would I not be offering participants the same choice in an in real life setting or session? And so that's something that I really want to bring with me as well. Again, kind of going back to that intentionality of giving people choice in the medium of input and also output of information. Well, and I think that was the biggest or one of the biggest challenges for me at the beginning of the pandemic is how do we incorporate that type of choice with input and choice with output? And I have to say, Laura, I'm pretty proud of the things that we've created where that is really the norm in our sessions is to offer that choice. So definitely moving that forward. And then I think the amount of choice also goes back to my first statement with the amount of creative sessions. And one thing that I've really learned through the pandemic is just my preferences. I've been able to hone in how I like to learn and thinking about that makes me a better designer of professional learning. So I can offer people more choice. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Laura, did you have anything else that you wanted to discuss on what you tried and knew that you want to bring forward? Yeah. Okay. So I think I have one more and I think it's really just one of these honed pieces, but really thinking about design aesthetics and how it relates to participants' cognitive load 
and making sure it's accessible. So I think that was like a three in one or four (laughs) in one. Uh, I'm really uh, cheating on this one last one, but really no thinking about the design and, you know, when we were strictly virtual, your screen or your slide or whatever you were presenting from took up like 90% of the screen. And so I became hyper aware of the way things looked and making sure that it looked nice, but also made sense to the participants. And again, lessened that cognitive load so that extra brain power wasn't being used to decipher what was on the slides or try to figure out what was going on. And that's something that I really am trying to bring with me now is making sure that my design is clean, that it makes sense, and it's really accessible as well. I want to piggyback on that accessibility piece. And since you've mentioned that March 2020 webinar, um, Mm. pandemic time, in the very first emergency remote webinar we did, one of the participants said, hey, how can we do captions here in Zoom? There was a, a few seconds of panic. And then I thought, oh, Google Slides has the automatic captioning. Thank goodness. I knew how to immediately enable that. That was really my first aha moment of, oh Mm. my goodness, thinking about virtual learning and some differences we need to do with that accessibility. So that is a practice that we've thought a lot about. (laughs) Even this podcast, now we have transcripts for the podcast, things like that. Absolutely. Uh, Good quick thinking and good point to bring up as well. Uh, So what about you? Do you have any remaining thought that you want to think about uh, sharing for what you learned or created or tried new? One other addition, and I know you agree with this one as well, Laura, is, and we'll use Priya's language, um, not being a chill host. Mm. And this idea from her book of generous authority. We have, I know both loved, love, love the use of timers for everything. One to keep us quiet and then keep us on track. Because if we do have that really restricted amount of time, mm-hmm. we, we need to only talk for two minutes, but also because I know people don't want to just hear my voice for 45 minutes, but having equity of voices. So each person gets one minute to talk or share, and then having us just share this teach piece for two minutes and then move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll completely agree with everything you've said there. The use of timers has been really helpful time is like weird for me on zoom. It either goes by really quickly or really slowly. And so, yeah, keeping my voice in check as well as being that host with generous authority to make sure we don't have one participant voice that maybe is capitalizing a little bit too much of our time. (laughs) So completely agree. Well, you've thought about time since the pandemic started. You bring that up. It is true. It is (laughs) true. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to the last reflection question from the gathering makeover, and maybe the most important, what might we invent going forward? So Laura, Mm. do you want to kick us off with that idea? 
Sure. So I love this question and I have several just kind of swirling thoughts, but I think maybe the biggest thing that I'm thinking about is inventing things that continue to meet our teachers needs, our students needs with that flexibility and intentionality uh, and really just being learners. Um, You know, you said the pandemic was such a creative time for us. And I think that's so true. And so if we keep that that same mindset going forward so that we are really flexible and aware and honing our skills so that we're really bringing the best things to the people that we are providing our services and training for. I think that's exactly where we need to be. Plus, accepting this fact that we don't have to and probably shouldn't go back to everything the way things used to be because that reality doesn't really exist anymore. And so really thinking about that transformation and what we can do differently is this kind of big swirling thought in my mind. Do you have any more specific examples other than just kind of big (laughs) philosophical uh, ideology here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, those are, those are fantastic, Laura. I love those (laughs) and, and echo that as well. I think one interesting idea that I'm playing with comes from the episode three in the gathering makeover with the choreographer Mm. and One of the ideas Priya talks about is priming the audience or priming the guest. And we have done this with pre-emails to participants. So perhaps that cuts out a few of the logistical things or it gets them thinking about a session. If we are limited with our time, we want to make sure that they are thinking before we even start. But this guest on the gathering makeover, he was talking about priming with more senses, like Mm. audio. So what he was doing is he was sending his students a little meditation before they came into his workshop. And it was with high school students. So they might've been a little bit nervous. So he wanted to just get them in the right headspace before they entered. But I love this idea of including more senses. So for not every event, but special meetings or something, send people a little playlist before they attend. Or if it's an asynchronous session, if we had a little playlist, play this in the background while you're doing a little bit of reflection. Or here is a little meditation or something that you could do prior to the event. I think that would be a little bit different and special. And I just love that idea of incorporating something else with the senses before they come to prime the audience a bit. That's a really cool idea. And it doesn't surprise me at all that audio has captured (laughs) your thinking. Um, But yeah, that's a that is cool thinking. I like that. That sort of makes me think about something else that's on my mind that is also another swirling thought, but really just thinking about inventing going forward what we do with larger gatherings. So working at the service center, you know, we host a lot of conferences and big events. And I know that the conference world has quickly shifted to virtual and now there's some hybrid conferences. And I'm just thinking about the purpose of these conferences and gatherings. And I think we can do some really cool things going forward. I just don't know what those really cool things and setups are, but I 
know that, uh, again, just going back to that creativity and innovation that we've all displayed across the board the past year and a half plus, uh, I really think that we can invent some new and cool, really intentional special gatherings moving forward. I love that idea. And our team has not talked about uh, upcoming large events. And I know, Laura, our event that we usually plan together, we put that on hold. But I guess one other idea that is not crystallized is Priya talks a lot about this idea of pop-up rules, create a temporary alternative world. And I Mm. think a conference would be the ideal place to create some fun rules to engage with the learning experience. As soon as people come in the door, it's in an alternate world when they attend our conference. So again, nothing concrete there, but something else swirling in my mind. I like that. I like swirling minds as well. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I think all this kind of makes me think of a quote from Priya that she says, the pandemic changed how we gather and that caused us to reevaluate why we gather. And so I think that's kind of the the big thing that we're both talking about and really thinking about what we do with that synchronous time that we have together, because I think it is a little more precious or we're a little bit more aware of these gatherings and synchronous times that we have. So really thinking about why we're gathering in the first place is a really good question to consider, but also grounding thinking for design. Agreed. We'd also like to extend the invitation to you, dear listener, to share your ongoing story of learning as well. Take a moment to pause and think wherever you're listening from and consider the same questions for reflection. What did you learn, create, or try anew during the pandemic that you want to bring with you? And what might you invent going forward? Find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio to continue the conversation and share your own learning that's inspiring you this week. This season, we're dedicated to sharing our learning and the things that are inspiring us. We hope that when we share, the conversation and ideas will cultivate curiosity and inspire you to explore one of the resources, reflect on a question we've asked, or continue the conversation with us online. Share your learning inspirations and ideas from this episode and beyond with the people in your circle, with us, or with a colleague down the hall. We are, as ever, inspired to learn from Gail Allen and her work in the new pillars of modern teaching. She reminds us that when we share, we add a sentence to the story we communicate about ourselves to the world. Let's continue learning, sharing, and transforming. Let's get inspired.